Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall is yet another episode of the one fall show. Thanks for the download. Make sure you rate and review us wherever you're getting your podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, here to ask some of my very close friends and contestants some questions about the news and notes of this week in wrestling. I am joined, as always, by my timekeeper, my uh, fellow referee, and the person who is here to make sure that I don't just screw everything up, Erica Bennis. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you. I wasn't quite sure where you were going with it, but but thanks. That was lovely. Uh, as always, it's it's wonderful to be here. Always a pleasure to have you. This week's contestants, as usual, we are joined by Mr. Shawnee Constant, longtime co-host of the One Fall Show. Hey, everybody. Uh, good to have you along, Shawnee, as always. We're also uh, joined by Mr. Justin Valentine. What's going on, guys? Backlash tonight, and I'm going to get my title back first before we get to that. All right. Yes. Backlash tonight. And before we get to see what they're uh, they're saying is going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time, we do have a one fall show with the four time champion, Mr. Nate Bender. That's right. Make way for the champ. Thank you for having me. I will have you guys know I'm playing hurt this week. My shoulder has uh, my, my my shoulder muscle is frozen and unfortunately I don't have anything to to help me out so yeah I'm I'm playing hurt this week but glad to be here glad to hear the excuses coming out so soon did you happen to hurt that shoulder patting yourself on the back I did you know it, last week was a huge success for camp Nate and uh, we were having some some celebrations you know me and will and uh, unfortunately, patting myself on the back, I strained the muscle. And, you know, I almost wasn't here this week because of it. But you know what? I'm playing hurt. I'm dedicated to being here. And uh, I'm going to show everyone who is the rightful champion of the One Fall Show. An absolute trooper. So uh, what title are we playing for this week, Nate? Ah, that's right. So we are going to be naming the One Fall Championship. And it... You know, it, it so rightly falls to me, the four-time champion, to name this title. So, this week, we are playing for the One Fall Show Undisputed Intermetaversal Podcast Championship. All right. Undisputed Intermetaversal Podcast Championship this week. Something that uh, we'll absolutely be throwing to you guys over in our Facebook group. If you have a good title that you want us to compete for, please let us know over at the One Fall Show on Twitter or on Facebook. Erica, you look like you had something to say about the new title. That's just a mouthful. I don't. I would. You know. Th let's just make that a placeholder for now. That's and... a short version, by the way. I'll have you know. Oh. Christ on a cracker. That's that's lovely to hear. But uh, yeah, that'll be the placeholder for now. All right. Our uh, our show consists of uh, three rounds, each with three questions. Questions are worth one point, two point and three points apiece. And we start, as always, with last week's champion, Mr. Nate Bender. We've got Smacked Raw covering uh, both Raw and SmackDown of this week. The Wednesday Night War covering NXT and AEW. And then Around the Ring covering just about everything else. Where do you want to start this week? You know, uh, since I'm playing hurt this week and my shoulder is so sore, uh, why don't we go with the Wednesday Night War? We'll start off real easy. All right. Sounds good. Question one. In their appearance on the Jim Cornette experience, the uh, what was the moment the FTR said that they started to lose faith in the WWE? Uh, I mean, man, that that interview was so long. 
Um, I think it was when they got called up to the main roster and Triple H it, like wasn't able to affect change in the way that they thought he should be able to in the position that he's in. That is an excellent guess. However, not what I have here. So we will uh, move forward going to Mr. Justin Valentine for this particular question. Justin, when the uh, when the FTR were on the Jim Cornette experience, they said there was a moment in time that uh, they started to lose faith in WWE. What moment was that? Was it their rivalry with the Usos? Unfortunately not. But it's amazing to me that both of you have very solid guesses on what you think was the exact moment in time that the revival just were done with the WWE. Shawnee, you've got an opportunity to start off strong and steal this round. When did the FTR say they lost faith in the WWE on that Jim Cornette experience interview? Uh, that would be when creative suggested they do a monkey snatches peach match with Eric Rowan and his spider. <laughs> also incorrect. However, a match I would absolutely love to see. So uh, that's where the point. That's absolutely where the point right there. No, the answer that I've got here is uh, when they were squashed by the click slash bullet club on the uh, raw 25th anniversary show, which I do remember. Absolutely. What did everybody think of their first match on AEW this week with the butcher and the blade? We'll start with you, Shawnee. I thought it was an excellent match. Uh, the commentators laid it out really well, and I thought they were correct. It was fun to see some brawlers just slugging away at each other. You know, uh, sly heel tactics without any comedy to it, working together. Both teams really in a very similar mold. And I think it was fun to see a team that we look at in FTR as sort of heirs to a throne, while we also see these guys, the Butcher and the Blade, working really well together, and I thought it was an excellent match. By the way, my answer was half correct because uh, Triple H was the one that was burying him in that match. And uh, anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll just award half points to myself. Um, but the, uh, the, the match that FTR wrestled this week was a very good, very competent wrestling match. I thought it was a little bit weird that they're starting off with a heel-heel dynamic for their first match. Butcher and the Blade have obviously been heels since they've been brought into AEW. It looks like if FTR can be characterized in any one way, it is as a sort of like a renegade heel a la Steve Austin. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing develop more, that they just want to dominate the entire division. I think that that's cool. Um, I think I would have liked to see them take on, uh, you know, a more babyface centric team like uh, Jurassic Express or uh, a Best Friends. I think that would have been a little bit more compelling, but I like the match over. I'm glad you brought that up because I had the same feeling when I was watching it is like, aren't they, both of these teams heal? And it's always very uh, interesting when you get to see kind of two heels go at it, whether it's a tag team format or a singles format. What did you think, Justin? I think storyline aside, it was a great first match for them. I think they benefited a lot from Chris Jericho being on the call for this match because he hyped them up in their style very well. And I, you guys are talking about heel heel. Sometimes those kind of storylines get people over not that 
FTR is not already over, but even more, a little better with the audience. If you look back at who the audience, you know, pulls for, whether it's in WWE or any other AEW, any other organization, it's not the stereotypical babyface or the stereotypical heel. It's the guys or guy or guys that will just take on whoever they put in front of them. Erica, I know you saw this match. What did you think? Uh, for starters, I wouldn't necessarily say that FTR are, is a heel tag team. I think they have that really, really hasn't been established yet, and they're more of a, a kind of a tweener. Um, if they were true heels, I feel like they would have gone after the Young Bucks, like in when they first showed up on Dynamite. But I'd have to concur with Justin saying that Jericho on the call, first of all, Jericho on the call that entire episode was akin to. Uh, one of my favorite commentary appearances of all time, which was uh, Roddy Piper on Survivor Series 1990. Uh, you know, he was, you know, by a gorilla monsoon. And it just seemed like I think Piper was just taking bumps all night. He was in a state and it was highly enjoyable. Uh, anyway, I, I feel like it was a great matchup between. FTR and Butcher and the Blade. And I think it really helped out Butcher and the Blade as well because they have been kind of off camera during the whole pandemic and whatnot. And uh, it, it just kind of a reminder that like they are here and they can, you know, they can, they can battle there. I think everyone looked great in the long run, regardless of Butcher and the Blade taking a loss. I think it was, it, it just, it helped elevate them too. I think it elevated the blade. I think that the butcher is still the drizzling shits. Wow. All right. <laughs> I um I will never not yell out Shatter Machine whenever they hit their former finisher. It's interesting that they've gone to a uh, kind of a pile driver for a finisher now, but I'm glad that they continue to use it, even if it's under a different name. What is this Shatter Machine called now? It's got some terrible name. It's a shout out I to uh, the Midnight Express, though. So I, I forgot what it is. Like, I, I mean, it. Like good night or good night express or the shatter express. That's that's, yeah, yeah, I think it's good night express. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, no, I will always yell out shatter machine whenever I see it because it's like the 3D man. It's just it's amazing. All right, nobody got the right answer on that one, so the round falls back to you, Mister Nate Bender, going uh, with question two, also from AEW Dynamite this week. Cody gave the TNT Championship opportunity to what superstar at Fighter Fest? Oh, who has been aping Cody? Um, damn it. Ah, I don't remember. I, it's totally really, you're really stretching that uh, shoulder there. You sound like you're in a lot of pain. It hurts. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, send it over to Justin. Justin, who's getting a fighter fest TNT championship opportunity? Jake Hager, AKA or formerly known as I should say, Jack Swagger. That is correct. So two points on the board for Mr. Justin Valentine. Interesting that Fighter Fest this uh, year is going to be a two-night televised uh, thing. It makes a lot of sense, honestly. But uh, are you guys looking forward to Fighter Fest? And are there matches already that they've announced that you guys are looking forward to? I think it's a, I mean, you said it too. It's a great idea to do it this way with, you know, the current conditions of the world and everything going on. I'm excited for the Moxley cage match. I just wish they were putting more effort into building it. They get about a five minute segment. If that a week 
and that's it. Cage came in, debuted. You, I would think they would put more effort into showing the AEW audience who this guy is just in case there is some that don't know him as well. And building up this feud with Moxley since he wasn't in the company at all and doesn't have any history with Moxley in this company. I think it's a great idea to have it on the, the Wednesday feeds. You know, they need to get some momentum. They need to get a little bit of a buzz. Uh, the idea that this is essentially going to be pay-per-view quality and you're going to get to catch it either week one or week two. They have a lot of opportunity to pop week one to generate interest for week two. I think that it's a really good idea. I think that Justin makes an interesting point about how they're using Cage right now. I got to say, my investment in AEW has gone way down since Double or Nothing. Um, it's basically background noise that I put on and don't pay attention to. So they've kind of got to win me back as a viewer. The FTR match this week was good. Kind of everything else after that was noise. They really have to do some work in the serious department. Keep Matt Hardy off of television for the love of God. You got to win me back at this point. I'm kind of tapped out. So, Nate, just making it more se- like, what do you mean more serious? Like, could you expand on that just for what do you mean, sir? AEW since the arena match has really kind of taken a turn for the goofy. And I I just, I don't know, you know, fine. Orange Cassidy, whatever. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over the, the comedy matches, everything about Matt Hardy. It's just, it's old. It's boring. It's WWE 10 years ago. And I don't like it. I mean, fair enough. I feel like a big reason why they're leaning into the comedy uh, is just kind of the current state of the world. And I think they really just want to put on a very lighthearted affair. But I can see why it would be a turnoff to some people. And I completely disagree with you. uh, But I understand where you're coming from. As for Fighter Fest, uh, I think there's really only three matches booked right now. You have the TNT Championship. You have... Uh, Moxley versus Cage, and then Kenny and Hangman versus Best Friends. I'm going to be very interested to see how the tag match ends up because I'm, you know, not going on in the tag division. And who knows how long Kenny and Hangman will be together. I feel like, you know, there, it was always teased that there was something was going to happen, whether Hangman was going to officially turn, what have you. But I mean, look. I'm still a mark for best friends. I still like those guys. And all right, I'm a little emotionally drained. So if Orange Cassidy comes out and, and does some shenanigans, I'm I'm not going to be uh, upset about Part it. of the problem is that they set the stage for blood and guts and never delivered. And I get that the pandemic kind of pushed that down the road, but I was getting ready for a much more serious side to AEW. And then they flipped and did a 180. And went to a clown show. And that's a little bit frustrating for me. And if it's, if it is the pandemic, fine, I'm willing to give them that punt and earn my fandom back. And I think that they may be able to make some headway with the way that they've booked fighter fest so far. There's some good matches on there, but they do have to do the work to bring me back as a fan. I'm going to agree with Nate on this one, actually. I, I, I do think they have time and because of the pandemic to kind of get back on track. But too much comedy 
it it makes it hard for anyone, at least for me, to take it seriously as an, an organization or a show when they try to be serious. All right. Well, let's move on to the third and final question in the Wednesday Night War. Justin, it goes to you because you got the last one correct. Which NXT stars are now reportedly signed to the brand through 2022? Oh, man. I didn't hear this one. Uh, I'm going to throw out Drake Maverick and all the masked guys that attacked them on Wednesday. Just a whole package. Yeah. Yeah. I get all those guys so you can have a bunch of those segments week after week because that's gold, right? <laughs> well, that is uh, not the correct answer. So we will move on to Mr. Shawnee Constant, who's signed through 2022 with NXT. I am not sure. I didn't hear this either. So hopefully Nate can tell us. <laughs> all right. It falls back to you, Nate. Uh, which NXT stars are now reportedly signed to the brand through 2022? I'm going to guess the Undisputed Era. I don't know. That's actually the exact correct guess. The Undisputed Era. Boom. Three point. I knew. I knew. I don't know what, you know, you guys doubt me all the time. Okay. And I, I'm tired of the doubting. Of course I knew. That. <laughs> can you can you name that title one more time, by the way? Can you remember that? What's the, what's the title Please again? Don't. What was uh, when did when did that news come down, Erica? You're the one that gave me the question. That kind of trickled down uh, within the past couple of days. You know, it, it didn't get a ton of attention, hence why it was worth so many points. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting, uh, considering all of the hubbub around Adam Cole's alleged contract uh, yeah. disputes and stuff. After he retained that in your house, it was pretty much a lock that he was going to resign, at least to me. They would have booked that way differently. Right. And then reportedly, and from this, this was all Meltzer stuff, uh, but reportedly uh, that entire faction had signed like months ago, like 18 months ago. Who knows what they could be feeding Dave because, you know, Uncle Dave's been on the take forever. And sometimes they like to probably mess with Uncle Dave every once in a while because it's fun. Uh, but I just think it's fascinating that, you know, there was, oh, no, he could jump ship. And it's like, no, 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 the faction's staying here. I like calling it Meltzer stuff. That's That should be what we call it going forward. Yeah, so uh, Nate brought up an interesting point. NXT's uh, In Your House was last week, and we haven't discussed it yet. What was everybody's thoughts on it? I thought a really fun show. However, um, going back to the Adam Cole and uh, Velveteen Dream match, the shine is a little bit off the cinematic match for me after watching that. I am 100% with you. I need to see zero more cinematic matches out of NXT between the, the backlot brawl and the unending Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa match. I need to see zero more of those out of NXT. The rest of the show was phenomenal. EO going over and taking the, the women's championship. Loved that booking. She's needed to, you know, the spotlight for a while. Uh, it makes me wonder what they're going to do with Rhea Ripley. If maybe she's going to be getting her call up to the main roster. Because... I think she's ready. I think that she would be a good main roster opponent for uh, the female division, especially with the uh, uh, departure of Becky Lynch. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see 
how this is going to kind of play out in the long term for NXT. Yeah, I agree. I think everything but that match was fantastic. The booking of it and everything was fantastic. For the backlot brawl, the lighting was absolutely horrible. And outside, Terrible. outside of a couple of, you know, funny or whatever moments, it was just boring to me because it was fun or hard to follow, I should say. And I don't have a problem when it comes to uh, cinematic matches because with t- with the Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, it made sense for the story. But don't force it. This match between Cole and Dream that could have taken place like a normal street fight style match in the arena in the ring like normal. And same with Gargano and Champa back then. So I I think. Cinematic matches are okay if it makes sense within the storyline. Yeah, frankly, the lighting disaster, I think, completely ruined that match. I I don't think there was a problem with it for me, other than the fact that those stupid headlights were constantly shining directly through the action. It was really poorly orchestrated. I loved what they did with the the in-the-house set. I thought there was a lot of fun. I thought that Gargano trying to get... uh, through the front door because he was tired of getting his ass beat was hilarious. I thought Io Shirai's... Uh, assault off of the the roof there, the eve, I thought was phenomenal. I thought it really, really worked well. And we got to see the boards, right? We got to see Keith Lee punching someone through the boards, which was a blast. I knew that was coming too, and I was so happy when that happened. My favorite match of of that uh, pay-per-view was uh, Killer, uh, or I'm sorry, Carrion Cross and uh, Tommaso Ciampa getting Cross over as a vicious monster uh i am actually really excited now for carrying cross and adam cole did not think i was ever going to hear somebody was very excited for carrying cross but this is where we are now i'm with nate on this one i think they've done a fantastic job i get the all you know the whatever about carrying cross but i think they've done a fantastic job of building it up and the way they had uh the show end on wednesday against adam cole i thought that was great yeah yeah. Yeah. Nobody brought up the six woman tag match that started the show, but I thought it was supremely booked. I thought everyone looked like a million bucks coming out of that thing. It was a great show. It was real. As usual, NXT puts on a great show. And it wasn't too long. It didn't drag. Yeah. It was, it was uh, uh, like just over two hours. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. We're at the end of round one. Erica, let us know how many points everyone has. All right, in the lead, pulling an answer right out of his ass is Nate with three points, followed by uh, three and a half points, according to you. You gave yourself that half point. I am not recognizing it. You have three points, sir. Uh, Anywho, followed by Nate is Justin with two points and Shawnee with one point. Still very much anyone's game today. Absolutely. Shawnee, we'll let you pick the next uh, the next topic. We've still got Raw and SmackDown to talk about and everything else that's going on around the ring. Where would you like to go? Oh, let's go with Raw and SmackDown. SmackDraw. SmackDraw. That's right. All right. Starting uh, with the big news as far as Raw and SmackDown this week, there was a big change in creative for both the red and the blue brands. Who is now the lovely brother that's overseeing creative on both Raw and SmackDown? That would be Bruce Pritchard. That is correct. What do we think about the the thoughts on this move? I've heard so many different things in just the last 48 hours about this. I heard that AJ Styles was very upset with Paul Heyman, and that was part of the reason they'd moved him to SmackDown. 
And obviously, Bruce Pritchard has worked with Vince McMahon much longer than uh, Paul Heyman has. So what do you uh, what do you guys think uh, we have to look forward to now that Bruce Pritchard is basically running both brands? I have no idea. I like Bruce Pritchard as a uh, a storyteller. I think he 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 spins great yarns on his podcast. I don't know what the hell is going on behind the scenes there. I have never understood what is going on behind the scenes there. I don't feel that SmackDown has been superior to Raw, although I also don't feel that Heyman had particularly stamped Raw in a way that I feel that his absence will be uh, will leave a hole. So I, I don't I don't know what to think about it. I think it's tough to know what to think because there's been so many changes within the last year, maybe a little bit over Bischoff and Heyman and then Heyman and Pritchard and now Pritchard. It's just all over the place. I will say SmackDown to me, the storylines and everything have been better than Raw, but Raw also, I don't think was enough to make this move. I don't think it was bad per se. So again, it's just tough to really give a full vibe of how this is going to work because they keep flipping around the creative every few months. Yeah, I don't think it really matters who's sort of in charge of a given show as long as Vince McMahon is sitting atop of that throne. It's going to be bad. It's going to be cheesy. Uh, They're going to misuse talent. Um, You know, maybe a third of the show will be watchable. And it seems to be fairly interchangeable in between, you know, who is the quote unquote head writer of the show. I have been a bigger fan of SmackDown the last couple of weeks than Raw, and I don't know how much of that is Bruce Pritchard, but I do have to say on a positive note, Bruce Pritchard, once again, working with Vince McMahon for so many years, if anyone knows how to get Vince to agree to something, whether he likes it or not, it's probably Bruce Pritchard. Uh, when, When Paul Heyman tried to sell something to Vince, it was probably a lot more fighting, whereas Bruce understands how to maneuver Vince McMahon's kind of mental processes to get him to come around on something that he may not like initially. But I mean, has there been a story line on raw that has been like worth really watching or investing in, in the last year? I can't think of anything to be honest with you. People are going to go to Drew McIntyre and obviously his world title run. And I think that's him. That character specifically has been good. Yeah, I like Drew. I'm not you know crazy about the Bobby Lashley thing, but then you can throw out the excuses of what they're really holding back because of the pandemic and because they're performing in front of nobody. Right. Listen, if Paul Heyman came up with dragging Liv Morgan into that stupid Lana Lashley thing, then you know what? Fire him. Good. He, he deserves to be gone. All right, Sean. Question two. Uh, what substance did Jeff Hardy cover Sheamus in during the opening segment of this week's WWE SmackDown? Uh, that would be drug-free urine. That is absolutely correct, Sean. We were just talking about how some of these are some of these angles are really, really silly. What do you guys so far think of this um this Jeff Hardy Seamus angle? Do you think it's gonna continue past backlash tonight? I hate it. I hate it so much. This is uh, right have, now my you, most hated. You have three points, sir. I'm going to retake this this stage here. I, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that very many of us are, fan, are fans, and I don't know if any of you guys saw it on Twitter, but this is a carbon copy of something that Vince McMahon did with Shawn Michaels in 2006. See, and I, listen, I don't hate that they're using that story. I hate how they're using it. I hate the segments. Chuck, you just said they did it 
way back when with Shawn Michaels and Vince, and it did not go over well then either. So why would you bring back the same exact line, the same exact segment, the same exact finish? Why are we? Why would you bring that back? After it did not go over well. And like you said, a lot of people already don't like the fact that they're using this. So why make people hate it more? I think Erica probably, because she said it before, knows exactly why we're having uh, Jeff Hardy cover Seamus in P. Erica, would you like to chime in? I always like to chime in. Thank you for asking. Look, it involved P. And let's face it, if Vince McMahon... Uh, has to okay things at the at you know pretty much everything at the end of the day. There's going to be a an instance where someone gets covered in urine. Vince McMahon is going to love this. Vince McMahon loves potty humor. Anything the funniest shit in the world is throwing a clothed person into a pool. So of course they're going to push this again because Vince is probably laughing his tits off. The most disturbing part about this entire segment is if you go back and you watch the Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon segment, it's the exact same cup. Ah. It's the same shape. It's the same size. It's a, and, and it ends in the exact same line. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Let's move forward. Let's talk about something that doesn't have pee involved in it. Somewhere in, in, in Titan Towers, there was a closet with a bottle of fake urine <laughs> and that cup. And they're like... Go get the fake urine in the cup. <laughs> it's 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 behind glass, like break glass in case of pee joke. There it is. <laughs> Think of Vince's excitement. Wait, we get to get. Oh, I'm getting the pee. I'm gonna go get it. It's in his office, I'm sure, off to the side. It's like a brandy snifter. <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised. I'm surprised we didn't see it in the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Right. That would have been hilariously funny. I will say we all hated that segment, but I will say Seamus selling getting covered in urine was like top notch. Yeah, he he. I mean, he sold it as good as that segment was going to get sold. Absolutely top notch. All right, Shawnee, you've got an opportunity to take the round. This question worth three points. A little difficult. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't even actually know this one. Which WWE superstar shared a video on Twitter this week teasing a new gimmick only to have to take it down almost immediately. Oh, wow. I don't know the answer to this one, but I'm going to go ahead and guess Mojo Raleigh. While an excellent guess, not the correct answer. So uh, let me check my point totals here. We'll move things to Justin. Justin, which WWE superstar shared a video on Twitter teasing a new gimmick only to have to take it down nearly immediately? I feel like I caught this right before, right as it was getting taken down. Was it Tamina? That is correct. Tamina Snuka um, teased a gimmick in a video where she was in a straight jacket and uh, very upset about being in the company for 10 years and being misused, mishandled, and uh, of course losing money in the bank last month. Tamina's been there for a decade and has yet to ever get over. And I feel like we just had this conversation about Natalia a couple of weeks ago. But is there something any of you guys think they could do with Tamina to get her over at this point? We'll start with you, Justin. Uh, Yeah, stop telling her to talk on the mic. She needs to be someone, and I'll say this about Nia Jax too, even though there's other issues with Nia. Just come out and lay waste to anybody in in your way. Whatever rivalry or whatever she's in at the time be someone's backup or if they want to give her a title run, she needs to not talk so much because 
Naya and Tamina both have the same problem with me where they got these intimidating presents when you look at them and they're also, you know, they do damage in the ring, but then they talk and the intimidation factor just goes away right away. It's like a Brock Lesnar factor. So just stop letting her talk. I think you've got to kind of pick between Tamina and Nia Jax and one of them has to have either an over the top gimmick or something to differentiate the fact that, you know, yeah, they're both big girls who carry their weight very well in the ring, but that seems to be both their gimmicks at the same time. And I don't know that that, I don't think that's a gimmick that that's, I think the the absence of a gimmick. So yeah, they, neither of them can talk, but I think, you kind of got to pick one or the other. I'm I'm not sure if the mental hospital uh, straight jacket thing is is the way to go, but at least it would be something to separate her from the rest of the locker room. I think the answer to your question, sir, is a resounding no. There is nothing that they could do to get Tamina over with me, and I don't know that there's anything they can do to get Tamina over with the general audience either. I think the only thing that really kind of got Tamina over in, in the beginning is the fact that who her father is. Now, unfortunately, Jimmy Snooker has since passed away. And as he was dying, you know, everything came out about the murder accusations and whatnot. And I think that really hurt her, you know, unjustly so. She's not the one who killed anyone. It's not her fault. It's not her, you know, she can't control who her father is. But I feel like for the longest time, We've kept her around for her name and then for her size. Now, I didn't get a chance to see this video. Um, I, I saw basically the reporting after the fact. It, it at least felt like they were trying something, you know, because she needs something. She really has nothing right now, at least with Nia Jax. You know, I don't know if she's on Total Divas anymore, but like for a while there, like that kind of was part of her gimmick too, that she was one of the people on the reality show. But like the one thing that Natalia has saving her, because I think we can both put Natalia and Tamina in the same boat here. You know, they're, they've both been there for a long time and they both come from significant family names. At least Natalia is good in the ring. They're both awful on the mic, but at least Natalia, like you feel like you're going to get a good quality wrestling match. Tamina for 10 years has really yet to improve in the ring. So they got to either come up with a cool gimmick for her or maybe just cut her loose. She's a henchman. I mean, really, she's she's pigeonholed into the role of a henchman. Yeah. All right, Erica, what are the points at the end of round two? All right. End of round two, we have Justin in the lead with five points, followed by Shawnee with four and Nate with three. Not three and a half, but three. And well, only I, I had, three mm-hmm. points. I had three and a half written down, but I will. I will. You, you're the timekeeper, so I'll, no, I'll no, let Chuck, you, you had that right. Decide on that. Well, Nate, uh, seeing as you are uh, in third place, you get to do the last round around the ring. You get to start this particular round, and we're starting it in New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling is officially coming back this week. What bracket tournament did they announce will run from June 16th to July 11th? Uh, I'm gonna guess the G20. It is not the G20. 
unfortunately. But a good guess. A good guess, nonetheless. Uh, Sean, what New Japan tournament is starting on June 16th as New Japan Pro Wrestling comes back? Is it just called the Japan Cup? That's real close. That's real. I'm going to defer to Erica. Do we take that or it's the uh, correct answer? We're going to take that as the correct answer because I don't think Justin even knows. Hey, I'm really upset about this because I saw this on social media. I thought of you, Erica, and I'm like, I bet any money this is going to come up. And I had it in my brain. I am so upset about this. (laughs) I remember. I remember. You haven't said what the answer was. It's New New Japan Cup. What what is is here? Actually, no. Hold on. I will put this on hold. Justin, what's the answer? Is it new the New Japan Cup? Okay. I didn't that cut out for me. I didn't hear him say anything. Repeat one more time, please. I'm sorry. I there might be some technical difficulties. Please say it again. Is that everyone else is hearing me, right? All right. The New Japan Cup. Can everyone hear that? I heard that this time. I'm going to award a point each for uh, Justin and Shawnee, uh, mainly because I was being kind of a dick and didn't give <laughs> Justin a chance. And I apologized. <laughs> and I can own up to that. And for the record, when the news broke, I believe I went into our Facebook chat and just said, guys, they announced a thing. Please study up. And <laughs> I basically said, like, to be on the test. All right. Well, yeah, New Japan Cup is uh, is the answer, and the tournament is supposed to be open to both the junior heavyweights and the heavyweights, with the winner facing the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion Tetsuya Naito at Dominion on July 12th. What are we thinking about uh, New Japan making a return? I'm excited. I, I could go for some New Japan. I think what's going to be interesting about this is that um, you know, we'll be able to compare the way that New Japan approaches doing empty arena wrestling versus the way that, you know, we've seen AEW and WWE and Impact and some of the others do empty arena here in the United States. So I'm kind of curious to to see how it's going to go. Um, but overall, I've been kind of unimpressed with empty arena wrestling. So hopefully they figure out something in that equation. Well, and we talked about it. They were a lot safer than everyone else when it comes to coming back. So hopefully that extra time that they took to put this together and decide what the best plan was, uh, that will lead to a lot more excitement than what we're seeing in both AEW and WWE, even with an empty arena. I mean, I think it's the best professional wrestling in the world, so it can't be a bad thing. How excited I am, I don't know yet. It's hard to say. You know, these live events end up happening uh, very early in the morning Eastern Standard Time. So it's always been a little awkward, but I don't think that there's anything to not like about the fact that New Japan Wrestling is coming back. As for me, of course, I'm thrilled that they announced that they're coming back. As far as crowds go, I don't know if any of you have seen videos of um, Japanese baseball uh, that are they're doing games in front of like a f- crowd of stuffed animals. Yes, I have. I wouldn't be upset to see stuffed animals or other things in the crowd just cause. I'm going to be honest. If they do an entire crowd of those realistic sex dolls that they have in Japan, that will win me over hands down. Because who's going to do who else is going to do something that weird? It's actually already been done. Ah, no, really? 
Yeah, it's been done by some, I forgot what in what country, but for a soccer game. And, but the thing is, like, the crowd, and then people got upset. So then the league had to issue an apology, um, I guess, feigning their ignorance that, that they were, they were sex robots. Uh, but they just thought all of these uh, mannequins were shocked. (laughs) Right. So they were all really yeah. into the game, but uh, <laughs> right. uh, I am very excited to see everything come back. Uh, I'm excited to see what matchups will happen between the heavyweights and the junior heavyweights. Uh, so reportedly the Gaijin talent won't be coming back until uh, maybe around October uh, just because, you know, due to the current restrictions of um, just like incoming you know, flights into Japan and, and everything uh, from other countries. Uh, but, you know, more wrestling is always good. And I've missed these guys a lot. And hooray, yay, New Japan. How fun is it going to be if they fill the crowd with stuffed animals to try and spot Daryl on hard cam? Oh, my right? God, that'd be the best. I would be so happy <laughs> or if like they pan to Daryl and then the family and like they have like a subtitle like like you know how they usually have like oh Rick Rubin's in the crowd tonight it's like and here is Daryl yep. and the children <laughs> All right we're uh, moving on to question 2 Nate got the or no who who got the Sean got that one Justin officially got like the <laughs> full thing right, even though I wasn't given a fair chance. But Shawnee can start this. He got it right first. All right. Shawnee on Impact Wrestling this week, Rhino teased he's already got a tag team partner when one of the uh, people were asking him for a tag team partner. Who was he talking about? Oh, shit. He's got kids. Uh, uh, uh. Cody don't like him. Uh, <laughs> he's from North Carolina. Uh, you got all the clues. You just need the answer. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you've written out your 10 count, my friend. So we'll move on to Justin. Justin, who did Rhino uh, say is already his tag team partner when he was asked to tag up he's with later. the current? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was my thought too mad um, shenanigans <laughs> yeah, and you guys try to call me on my shenanigans okay all right <laughs> oh man um he yells heat slater i'm not gonna yell heat slater i'm gonna go like an ecw original like a tommy dreamer or something right no no that is incorrect <laughs> And it's Shawnee trying to help you out after hey, giving Nate, you pretty much Heath Slater. Damn it, I thought you were joking. I've watched no. Impact. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing as neither of you can get the question and it's already out there. Hey Nate, who did Rhino say is gonna be his tag team partner in Impact? I, I wanna say, hmm. I wanna say <laughs> is it Heath Slater? That's right! Oh Correct. my god! Oh my god! Damn! I am so upset that I saw nothing about. How did I see nothing about this? (laughs) I'd like to jump in real quick. I think the name of this episode is Is it Heath Slater? (laughs) 
Oh, I love it when it falls apart like that. That was so fun. Yes, once again, I'm the only one that actually watches Impact this week. However, Rhino said that uh, he's already got a tag team partner and he's got kids to imply that he's Slater may be showing up in the impact zone. Not sure if there's a whole lot of follow-up that's going to go into that, but I did want to mention before we move on that the main event on impact this week was Jordan Grace, who is currently their women's uh, champion against Taya Valkyrie. And I had forgotten how good Jordan Grace is. I have not seen her since the May Young classic. And she is, she's like Keith Lee. She, she moves, uh, she's, she's quick, she's agile, she's strong, she's a, a larger girl, but she wears it well. I will be absolutely paying attention to more Jordan Grace in the Impact Zone. I just want to say, because even though I don't watch Impact, I follow like everything wrestling and Impact on social media, and the lack of coverage on this is really upsetting. Like You would think... It would be a little, you know, Heath Slater's not a big name, but any of those guys that got let go by WWE showing up in another promotion usually is something that is a bit more trendy on social media. And I didn't catch any wind of this. Yeah, but it's Heath Slater. (laughs) I understand that, but I mean, come on. I I just, anytime anyone like switches from one promotion to another, it's normally a big deal. Even the, smaller names and i it just shows how small Heath slater's name is in the wrestling world yeah, and it's sad I, i'm i'm i may be wrong on this but i think the last appearance that he made before getting let go was the raw 25 episode that sounds right it was like yeah. a backstage and it was a backstage segment when it, you know like they were playing poker with the apa like that's literally the last time he's been on television. Come on. Nobody cares. There are two no. things that I watch impact for that. I pay at, at attention to at all. It is their women's division. And they every week have something that's like a classic impact moment. And whoever runs that is absolutely paying attention to whatever's going on in the WWE. Cause two weeks ago, their classic impact moment was Bobby Lashley and drew McIntyre. And I saw that and they straight up, talked about backlash on their social media saying uh because someone brought it up and they said yeah and another impact match is their anniversary on sunday which is backlash which is when they're facing so they're not shy about no. that at all all right let's move on to the third and final question of the third round and uh nate you've got the floor you've got the opportunity to uh take the three points for this question Let's talk about the club, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. They announced that they have a wrestling event coming up, taking place on August 1st. What did they name that event? Um, Swinging from the Gallows. I don't know. Uh, not not the title that I have here, but it would be uh, it would be you know thematic at least with uh, Doc Gallows. Let's take it to Shawnee. Shawnee, what's the event called that Gallows and Anderson are going to be having on August the 1st? Uh, the Honky Tonk Man's Musical Cabaret. <laughs> Incorrect, but worth a point. Absolutely. <laughs> Justin, you've got the last uh, the last shot at this. What is the event that Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson are going to be hosting August the 1st? I'm not 100% sure how they uh, would say it, but it's like talking. It's like it's their podcast, like Talking Shop of Mania. Is that how they said it? That's correct. That's what I've got here. Talking Shop of Mania. 
we talked last week about the fact that they showed up in the uh, video for uh, Impact that ended up being for EC3. Obviously, they have connections with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where do you guys want to see Gallows and Anderson end up? It's That's tough. I feel like eight, or, uh, New Japan would make the most sense, at least when it comes to everything else going on in the wrestling world right now. Uh, my only problem with that is the fact that they've already really planted their foot there. I don't think AEW will work with them because FTR. I think Impact's not worth them going. So I would say New Japan. I absolutely want to see them return to New Japan. I'd like to see them come back as sort of a killer gaijin. Uh, they've always been silly, but Luke Gallows is a giant imposing figure. And I think that if they came back and really focused on the, the right characters, it could be a, a really great run for them. And I'd like to see that rather than seeing them in a supporting role somewhere else. I always like to see somebody getting a chance at their run. Now, maybe at the end of six months, we say, ah, they're probably best served to be in a supporting role, and you find someone to put them in support of. But uh, I'd like to see them come out of the gates really, really strong here. That's what I'm hoping for. There's not much of the Bullet Club that's left in New Japan. Um, so if they came back, I think I'd want to see them move away from the remaining Bullet Club members and not immediately jump into a stable. I really liked what Killer Elite Squad was doing uh, in New Japan. So there is kind of like this space for uh, a team of kind of Killer Gaijin uh, in New Japan. So they could fit that role. Honestly, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Um, I My biggest exposure uh, to Gallows and Anderson was in WWE where I understand they were massively underutilized. Um, you know, I've seen good matches out of them, but, uh, I don't, I, I think with FTR coming to AEW, uh, it, Justin is a hundred percent right. Uh, there's no reason for them to go there. Uh, I think impact would not make much of an impact. And so, yeah, I'm kind of left uh, thinking that New Japan is probably the best place for them. All right, Erica, give me some point totals before we move on to our final round. We are coming dangerously close to our 60-minute time limit. We may have to All go right. over. Well, coming in at third is Nate with five points, followed by Shawnee with seven and Justin with nine. Still very close. Anyone's game. Very close game. I appreciate a very close game. We're into our final fall, which means that uh, we've got one question, and I uh, will have you guys PM me your uh, responses. This question worth 10 points. And uh, so let's let's get at it. This uh, a couple hours from when we're recording this episode is Backlash on the WWE Network. In 2019, Backlash was actually not scheduled. It was the only time in the last, I want to say, almost 20 years that there was not a Backlash. Name one of the events that replaced it last June. There are two correct answers for this question. You can give me either or both of them, but it is still only worth the 10 points, no matter which, uh, how many of the correct answers you give me. So I will uh, wait for Shawnee, Nate, and Justin to PM me those points. And in the meantime, Erica, is there anything we didn't cover this week that you'd like to uh, throw out there? I just wanted to add my two cents on the Gallows and Anderson thing real quick. I hope that they don't really have a home. I would love to see them kind of wander from promotion to promotion and maybe have them because both of those guys have had experiences, obviously in new Japan, obviously in impact. And obviously they're close with the guys in AEW. Maybe they can be sort of the peacemakers, if you will, and trying to get 
those promotions to work together because I feel like that's really the thing that could really boost everything going on outside of the, of the WWE. Just kind of the unexpected, like, oh my God, you know, look who's here. Obviously, look, WWE is always going to be the the biggest promotion in the world. No one's questioning that, but you have to kind of set yourself apart a little bit. And I think just having the talent exchange like that is the best way to really do it. I mean, I think that that's true. I think though that specifically Gallows and Anderson, if they wanted to make that kind of impact coming in, that they should probably maybe sit a longer time on the shelf so that people can forget about them a little bit. And I understand, you know, you're, you're working, you got to make money, but, you know, maybe monetize that podcast a little bit more. It just something, you know, if they were to return next week, I think in the, you know, amount of noise that former WWE people are making elsewhere, they're not going to make a big impact. All right. Well, I've got answers from all three of you, and I am ready to wrap this game up. Let's start with Justin. Uh, you said that last June, instead of Backlash, we got WWE Crown Jewel. That is incorrect. However, one of the correct answers was the Super Showdown, which was when we got to see Goldberg nearly kill The Undertaker. Shawnee, you said it was the McMahon family garage sale and family reunion. <laughs> Not correct, but very entertaining. You're cleaning up on the bonus points for entertainment this week. I like it. I like the fire you're bringing. Nate, you actually got this one right. You said it was the most hated event name you have, Stomping Grounds, and that is the event that happened in 2019 instead of Backlash. So by my count, I believe that puts Nate 10 points ahead with uh, what 15.5 points. That is right. 15 and a half points. He, he has, there we go, he 15 has 15 points, but is thus still the winner. <laughs> Nate, this uh, this is your fifth uh, fifth win for what title we're we playing for this week? The One Fall Show Undisputed Intermetaversal Podcast Championship. So you got sixty seconds on the clock. Uh, talk about anything that we missed this week, or you know, just talk a little trash. So backlash is tonight, and uh, I wish I could say I was excited. I'm I'm not. I'm mostly curious to see what wwe in 2020 thinks they can pass off as the greatest wrestling match of all time needless to say my hopes are not high i like edge randy orton puts me to sleep but you know uh, i've got my buddy will coming over uh we're going to be able to to break it down and analyze it and have fun and i'm much more looking forward to hanging out with will than i am to actually having to watch backlash all right, Shawnee, a strong showing this week. It was a tight game. I don't think anybody uh, should really be down on themselves after this week's. Uh, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Let the people know what your thoughts are. The greatest wrestling match of all time moniker is an absolute cheap way to try to get some kind of attention to your thing, and I don't think it's going to work whatsoever. I think it's a disturbing time right now in professional wrestling. We're seeing the numbers continue to go down, and I don't like it one bit. I don't think this is going to help. I don't know what to look forward to in terms of tonight. Now, the other side of that is that low expectations can often lead to an upside surprise. So let's hope that that's the case tonight. And let's hope that Bruce Pritchard has some clue as to what he wants to do going forward, because apparently everything's been shaken up again. Justin, 60 seconds on the clock. You get the last word of last words. I'm with you guys when it comes to the greatest wrestling match. 
BS. I, I love Randy Orton and Edge, but there was no need for this. That's not why I'm a little underwhelmed heading into Backlash. It's the amount of matches being left off of this card. I understand wanting a shorter pay-per-view, but that doesn't mean randomly keeping... The SmackDown tag titles aren't being defended as of right now. That's what I've seen. The Raw tag titles just now got added. Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio rivalry, nothing scheduled for Backlash on it. There is a way to have a shorter, more condensed, quick, snappy pay-per-view, but still get your main storylines in there. It doesn't make any sense for me to have a storyline with the name of Seth Rollins going on right now on Raw and a pay-per-view go by where it's not even on the show. No match, no segment, no nothing. That makes no sense to me. They need to have shorter matches, more matches, and just more entertaining. All right, guys. Thank you once again for another entertaining One Falls show. I uh, was on my Twitch stream earlier and talking to somebody, and they had a really funny idea. What if, A, uh, the greatest wrestling match of all time ends in an RKO within like the first five seconds, and B, how amazing would it be when you've got a card where you're touting the greatest wrestling match of all time if one of the undercard matches were actually just light years better as far as wrestling goes? I like the uh, the RKO idea. I think that would go over fantastic. That would be, as uh, we've heard, some good shit. If you want to uh, follow us for some good shit when it comes to The One Fall Show, make sure you're following us on Facebook and on Twitter at The One Fall Show. Nate, where can people find you online? At Nate Benderama. Justin? At JV underscore sports underscore talk and JVSportsTalk.com. Sean, where can people find you online? At Shawnee.Constant on Instagram. And Erica, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. My name is Chuck Bean. You can find me on Twitter at C-H-Z-U-C-K, Chizuck Bean. And you can also find me on Twitch playing Rock Band on Sundays and other games throughout the week at uh, twitch.tv backslash Chizuck. Enjoy Backlash tonight. Enjoy what there is to enjoy at the very least. And we will meet back here for another One Fall Show next week. Wah, 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 wah.